when you're a captain, you're dealing with things that you don't necessarily have to deal with as a first officer. This being my first time out on the line, on my own as a captain, already dealt with the maintenance problem on the ground, dealing with one in flight. I'm unhappy, and that will be the last time that I ever put myself in that situation, because I'm stressed about what's gonna happen the next day. We don't have enough time here. All right, boys and girls, this is the Welcome to the Sky podcast. I think it's episode five. It might be episode six. I can't remember. Uh, but it's been like about five or six months since I last recorded a podcast episode. And the whole topic of today's podcast is going to address that in a way. Um, so I'm looking forward to bringing you this. I, you know, I, I said a little while ago on a video when I, I mentioned that I was no longer working for an airline that I would make a podcast episode and kind of explain the reasons as to why I'm not doing that anymore. And that's what we're here to do today. But before we get there, this podcast episode is sponsored by Airport Tag. Now, if you don't know who Airport Tag are, it's a website that has what seems like thousands of aviation themed products for pilots like you and I, or if you've got pilot friends, or you just want some cool aviation themed gifts, products. I've been sent Various different products uh, from Airport Tag, one being this t-shirt, Born to Fly, another one being World's Okayest Pilot. I was on the website when I was speaking back and forth to them and I was going through all the different t-shirt options and clothing options that they've got and it's a ridiculous amount of <laughs> clothing options that they have with cool little things on there to show that you are a pilot and that you love to fly. Now, it's not only that. Look behind me. You've got this cushion, which is a personalized kind of uh, travel bag tag uh, from the airport, which says uh, MCO on it, which is I live in Orlando, so they've personalized that for me and sent me an MCO one. And also this one as well, which is uh, ISM, which is the airport identifier for Kissimmee Airport, where I do a lot of my instructing from uh, these days, which is really, really cool. I, I didn't actually request these. The only things I requested was the shirts and a backpack, which I was in desperate need of a backpack. And this is the one that I chose. Flight recorder, do not open. Really, really pretty cool. There's not a lot of places out there that do like quality products for we aviation folks. And uh, I found them in airport tag. You can personalize a lot of the things on the website as well. There's a section on the website for personalization. It's perfect to buy something for yourself or a pilot friend. And especially with Christmas coming up, it's the perfect time to get those aviation themed gifts. Just go to the website and use the link in my description. That's my own personal link it's airporttag.com forward slash lou dicks and not only that you can save yourself 10 percent when you use my discount code lou dicks for anything on the website so go on there put on the discount code lou dicks you save yourself 10 percent. it's brilliant thank you to airport tag for sponsoring this episode of the podcast the first episode back from my extended break so let's talk about that shall we this is the Welcome to the Sky podcast, your place for conversations about the best thing in the world, flying. I'm Lou Dix, your host and friend as we talk about everything from flight training, aviation news, how to become a better pilot and much, much more. I've got a lot to say, so sit back, relax and let's get this thing off the ground on the Welcome to the Sky podcast. So here we are, finally making this podcast episode to explain my reasons for not being an airline pilot any longer. I went from being a flight instructor to going into the airlines. It's a completely different world. It's completely different. The way you fly is uh, pretty similar. You know, the four forces of flight don't change, but the 
uh, atmosphere and what goes on at the airlines is uh, interesting, to say the least. And I'm going to tell you today why, you know, I no longer wanted to do it. To give you the backstory behind my airline journey, for those of you who don't know, back in 2019, well, let's rewind even further. Back in 2016, I became a CFI. And I was working with a flight school as an independent contractor, which I spoke about in the first episode and left that place and became an independent CFI, uh, not affiliated with any sort of flight school and, you know, just out there doing things on my own, which which meant that I was my own boss. And I was, you know, able to make my own schedule, do flights on days that I wanted to, all the days that I didn't want to fly, I didn't have to schedule people. So I was coming from that kind of environment, really loose, relaxed, and you saw it in the videos at the time, you know, and you still see it now, you know, I, I like to have fun, you know, and I was having fun doing the CFI stuff, but there was always, since being young, my dream was to be an airline pilot. And when the time came, once I hit the 1,500-hour mark in my logbook or closing in on it, I was thinking, do, you know, do I want to go to an airline? Is is that really what I want to do? Up to that point, I had built my YouTube channel. I mean, it wasn't as big as it is now. And still now, I uh, still want to grow it. And I was enjoying doing that. I had built something where, where, you know, I was helping people with my instructing, but I was also starting to help people with my uh, YouTube channel. People were going there to to watch it, to game things for helping the, the training and also for that aviation entertainment because this is the home of aviation entertainment, I'll have you know. So yeah, I was kind of doing that and I was my own boss doing that, helping people, absolutely loving life. But the, there's something in the back of my head telling me, go and achieve this dream. I was, as I was growing up in my head, it was always like, get to the airline, get to the airline, get to the airline. And that's the way that a lot of pilots are. They go into training with the end goal being to get to an airline because that is all the focus is. So... In uh, 2018, towards the end of 2018, I was closing in on my 1,500-hour mark, and I decided, you know, I'll stay local. Uh, I'd heard of an airline who flew Saab 340s, and I thought, they're a local airline. They've got a base in Orlando. Uh, They do local flying, like, around Florida and to the Bahamas and stuff. And I thought, yeah, that, that, that seems like it will be a good first step into the airline world. Not a huge step to a bigger airline where, you know, I'm going to be all over the place. But I, uh, I decided to throw my application in. And very quickly after I did that, I got a, uh, a message or an email to give them a call for his phone screening. I actually got the email as I was coming back from a flight with a student uh, up at Orlando Executive and got home and decided to, to call pretty much straight away and spoke with the recruiter. I had a great conversation. I remember one of the questions they asked, they were, she said, uh, how would you describe yourself as a pilot? And I said, yeah, I think I'm a pretty good pilot. And she stopped me and she was like, pretty good. She's like, we're not looking for pretty good. We're looking for excellent. <laughs> you got me. So I thought, it straight away but no uh yeah anyway did the phone screening got past that then did an in-person interview and uh you know got the job and went into training in january of 2019 now it took uh, about a month and a half to get my type rating on the saab 340 which airline training is you're sucking from a fire hose you really are when, especially when you're going in the first time not knowing what to expect. You're just getting information thrown at you about the company, learning the company manuals. You've got to learn the aircraft that you're flying, going through like checklist flows and memory items, limitations and all this sort of stuff. Stuff that, uh, you know, you, you learn on a kind of baby level, flying like 
general aviation aircraft, you know, you know, the limitations of uh, like a Piper Cherokee crosswind limit, 17 knots done easy for like the latest uh, tight rain that I got on the ATR that has got uh, crosswind limits, but it's also got braking action crosswind limits. So you've got not only the, the main, you know, if you've got good braking, what about if the braking action is poor? So you've got all this stuff that you've got to do. So it's just extra stuff uh, that you've got to make space in your brain for. And it is a lot of stuff you're sucking from a fire hose. So uh, not only that on the ATR, there's like 20 memory items, which is just incredibly crazy. So it got through that and got onto the line and flying out on the line. And this was my first experience of, you know, actually flying for an airline and going through all that and uh, never having to deal with, you know, crew scheduling before uh, that, that took some adjusting. Um, going back to it, I, I was coming from a world that I was my own boss. I was doing what I want, when I want, I was really happy doing it. Going from being my own boss to being bossed around by people that I've never even met because you only talk to scheduling through the phone. You don't really usually meet them. They, they were sending me all over the place. On the days that you work for the airline, you, uh, you, they've got you all day. So if your flights are delayed or whatever, you know, you're going to be extended or move to other flights and then you're not necessarily going back home that night or, or whatever. Um, it's just a lot of stuff like that. And to be honest with you, that it, it immediately made me hate it at first. I, I was absolutely hating it. Extensions, delays, not knowing what my next day's schedule was going to be. So you can't really plan for to do something before you work on the next day or whatever. Like it's, it's, it, it just made me hate it at first. And I remember at the time I had a Patreon page open. I used to do like a monthly newsletter for patrons. And in basically every newsletter, I was basically saying how much I was hating flying for an airline. And, you know, it's it's not really making me happy. Uh, and it was just constant complaining in those newsletters. So to those patrons that were there a long time ago, because some of my patrons now, you were patrons back then. I do apologize about that. But that's the way that I felt. That's the way it was. And it was like that for probably up until I transitioned to the ATR. You kind of learn to not not like it, but you, you learn to kind of deal with all that sort of stuff that's going on and you kind of just press ahead because you're doing what you want to do or what you think you want to do. Um, so you kind of put up with it, you know what I mean? And at that point, uh, during that time, I was still able to keep, I think, one or two students uh, on the side, which was good, which is one of the reasons that I chose to go to... That was a big factor to my decision to go. Um, but, you know, I wasn't making videos on uh, on the same level, same scale that I was before, because uh, obviously time constraints and stuff like that. So fast forward to uh, about a year later and I get plucked to transition to the ATR because the airline is now transitioning from an all Saab fleet to an all ATR fleet. But anyway, I transitioned over to the ATR, got out uh, onto the line and at this point i was actually enjoying myself i was actually enjoying the the flying i was enjoying the atr the atr is such a cool aircraft to fly the wings are in the incorrect position so people always chastise me because i hate high wing mainly hate 172 so that, that's kind of where the, the hatred comes from but i really did enjoy flying the atr and yeah just flying around first officer building those hours towards the upgrade which you know that that again going back to the dream it's not only a dream to be an airline pilot, but it's a dream that I've had since being a kid to be an airline captain, to be in command of an airliner. Um, and uh, yeah, so just kind of plugging along to try and get those hours. But then, of course, during 2020, COVID hits. 
and there's little rumblings of it while I was in training, actually, and uh, didn't really think anything of it. But then over time, it gets worse and worse and worse, and then it becomes a worldwide thing, and airlines are starting to uh, furlough people. And lo and behold, I received a furlough notice uh, around September time, I think. I was basically told, see ya. You're no longer working for us for the time being, at least. And I was quite unhappy at that because I wasn't ready to stop at that point. I really wasn't ready to stop. It felt like I had something snatched away from me. And I actually, I made a video about it, actually, which is no longer on the channel, uh, actually. But I made a, a furlough video about that where I said, you know, I was disappointed. And uh, it's funny because I, I don't have that sentiment now that I've decided to leave the airline the second time around. I have no feeling of, like I'm missing out on something now. I have no feeling like that whatsoever. It's completely different. So it's interesting to kind of talk about it and kind of relit or think about what I, I was feeling before compared to now. It's completely different. But but anyway, yeah, I was furloughed and I was no longer working for the airline. It was, it was just a, it was a really weird feeling, really weird feeling. I kept my head up, kept my chin up and I was actually helped by a few people at the airline, I can remember one guy who, who was actually my first uh, training captain who contacted me and kind of tried to help me out, getting me some uh, students or getting me some work and stuff like that, which I really appreciate. Like there's a lot of people in aviation and a lot of airline pilots, to be honest with you, that have, you know, egos the size of the world. Uh, but there's some and most out there that are genuinely nice people. And we had many of the good people can't really ask for more than working with people that you like and the, that want to see you succeed like that guy you know and there was a lot of people there that, that wanted me to succeed but yeah I kind of went out of the airline and uh, got back into instructing and got back into making videos full-time again during the time that I was away it was about 18 months or so that I was away from the airlines uh, and and up until just before I went back I wasn't really thinking about going back to an airline uh, because my, my focus was fully on helping people achieve their aviation dreams through instruction and also helping people through my YouTube channel, which those two things hand in hand have become two of the biggest things in my life. Through that time during COVID and when everybody was at home with nothing else to do other than watch videos, play games and stuff like that, a lot of people started watching my channel which is where my channel had a really big growth spurt, which I'm very, very thankful for. Not thankful for COVID, but it became during that time uh, a full-time job. Up to then, it wasn't a full-time job. I was earning money from it, but I wasn't earning enough to you know, live alone off it. However, it became something that I could live off. And with the videos doing well come sponsorships, people like Flying Eyes get involved and want to send me sunglasses, which turned out to be one of the best partnerships that I've created. Hopefully the same thing with airport tag to come, uh, which speaking of, of them, so I'm going to take a drink. Like this is a, a little jet engine flask, like which is so, so cool. So, uh, I didn't even ask for this either. I didn't know that this was, uh, that this was coming, but tastes like Jet A2. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You know, the partnerships come and, and, you know, they start offering money for you to plug the products and things like that. And, you know, things were going well. Things were going well. I was, I was making money. I was making a good living from it. And then there's just this little thing in the back of my head saying, you have not achieved your dream fully. You became an airline pilot, but you weren't an airline captain. You need to go and do it. And I decided to. 
as when COVID had finished and, and people getting back to normal, the airlines were starting to hire again and they were desperate for pilots and everywhere was an option basically. And I just thought, what is going to be the best option? Now that thinking back to before when my thought was, you know, I want to stay local. I want to uh, still be able to do my YouTube uh, and instructing side to keep that going. That was even more of a, in the forefront of my mind for this decision because I had to be able to keep it going. I had to. And uh, yeah, I decided at that point that, you know, the best option here is probably to try and go back to which I ended up doing. I contacted the chief pilot and spoke to him and he would welcome me back with open arms. He's no longer the chief pilot anymore. Actually, he he was, when I was on the Saab, he did my oral exam for the type ride and he was such a nice guy. Again, one of these that wants you to succeed, wants to help you. So he welcomed me back with uh, with open arms and yeah, before I knew it, I was going back to training, got it all done and was back out on the line really quickly. It all came back really quickly. Up until I went back, I'd forgotten basically all the memory items, uh, but I went back, studied it and it was, uh, yeah, it was all good to go. This time now, I forgot to mention before, I was based in Orlando. At this point now, they've closed the Orlando base and my base is in Tampa. The drive from Orlando to Tampa is like an hour and a half on a good day. With traffic, it's it's terrible. So I'm out on the line. I'm driving between Orlando and Tampa because the in, in the pursuit of the airline captain dream, to fulfill that childhood dream, on reflection, I feel like... I was kind of blinded by that dream, the thing that I've told myself since being young that I have to do. I feel, I feel like that blinded me because driving back and forth between Orlando and Tampa left me feeling like on my day off that I don't want to instruct. You know what I mean? The, the way that my schedule was, was I'd, I'd be flying for four days, and uh, the good thing at this point is that is no longer doing overnights. So com I was coming back home every night, which was great, which is what I wanted because I need to be home to edit videos and, and work on instructing and stuff like that. But driving back and forth left me really tired most days. And let's say that I had like four days on and three days off, which was basically what the schedule was. On the first of those three days, I don't want to do any instructing because I'm tired from the days before, from the four days of driving back and forth between Orlando and Tampa and then doing the flying and stuff. So I don't want to do anything on the first day. On the last day of the three days off, I don't want to do anything either because if I've got an early start the next day, I don't want to ruin my rest times or be fatigued for the next day and have to explain, well, I'm fatigued because I was instructing the day before, blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't want to do that. So that's two days out of those three that are gone. So I've got the middle day to instruct. And that is all dependent on weather, student availability. And also, I can't really take on a student and just say, we, we have one day a week that we can do, because I don't think that really works. I've always said students should be flying at least two times a week to maintain proficiency. So if you're a private pilot student, especially. If I can't offer that as the instructor, why am I going to take somebody on? It's not about me and keeping money in my wallet and keeping my channel going. They, they don't care about that, nor should they. They care about getting the training done. And, and I care about getting the training done as well. So I can't exactly take on students when that is my schedule. So it, it's got to a point where I didn't have any students. And this was becoming a big problem because... I I'd said to myself again, when I was going back, I have to keep my channel going. And I started to say over time, I'm like, how can I keep this channel running? How can I keep helping people through my channel and also making a living from it? So I was making videos that 
you know, I felt that were good, but it wasn't my usual standard. You know, people came to my channel to see students flying. And when I wasn't really flying with students, a lot of it was like, oh, well, this week I'm going up practicing landings because I've not done them in a while. This week, I'm, I'm doing it again. Like, that's the point that it got to. And that, up towards the end, really started to get to me. My viewership dropped, my revenue dropped, and I, I don't blame people for slowing down like the watching of my channel. Thing is, even though it was bothering me, my drive to become an airline captain and achieve that dream kind of blinded me to it a little bit. It was, uh, my head was kind of like, yeah, it's not doing as well as it could be, but I've got to get to where I'm going. So I was kind of prepared to kind of put it to the side and continue pursuing this dream of being the airline captain, which I did it. I got through training, went to training, uh, spent a couple of months doing that. Kind of breezed through it, in all honesty. It was a pretty easy process. You know, you already know the aircraft at that point. You've, I've been flying it for, for a while as a first officer. So you know the aircraft. You've just got to go through, like, command training into the space of you are in command of this thing. And you are you are making decisions, um, which turned out I, we'll get to it. But yeah, I, I got out onto the line and just immediately had a sense of: is this it? Is uh, is this is this the dream? Yeah, because when you're a captain, you're dealing with things that you don't necessarily have to deal with as a first officer as a first officer first of all nobody cares about you no, I, I was when I was first officer and like walking around doing a pre-flight and like let's say the captain was just behind me getting off the plane he would get greeted even though he's behind me and I'd get ignored I, 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 I'm here as well go and kick the tires that, that's something to remember going in. If you're thinking, you know, going from being a CFR, you're at the top of the general aviation world, you're now going to the bottom of the airline world. You are nobody. So get that ego, put it away. You don't need it. The first day when I was out on my own as a captain, I got to the aircraft, was doing all my tests. It tests out well and we get people on the aircraft and all of a sudden I'm trying to set my trim uh, using my uh, yoke trim switch and it's not moving the, the trim and I keep trying. I try the standby trim, the standby trim works and I go back to it trying to get it to work and it just doesn't work. So obviously you can't fly at that point, you've got to get it fixed. So we take people off, maintenance come on, then uh, they sit with it for about an hour, hour and a half or whatever. Um, and kind of try and fix it. They get it fixed, but the thing that happened next definitely threw me off. So at this point, it, we've been delayed so much that uh, weather has moved in. There's weather all around the airport. It's good enough to get out of the airport, but there's weather that we're definitely going to fly through on our way up to Pensacola. Anyway, the problem's fixed. We get people back on board. Well delayed. We're taxiing out to the runway. First officer's leg, and uh, he takes off and when the gear comes up you put the yaw damp on and the yaw damp wasn't coming on and i was like oh here we go okay so then he asked for autopilot i said you're not going to get autopilot because uh, the yaw damp won't come on so we got a, an autopilot and yaw damp kind of failure uh, indication this being my first time out on the line on my own as a captain already dealt with the maintenance problem on the ground dealing one 
with one in flight. You know, as he's flying, I'm dealing with talking to air traffic control, doing my procedures, but also talking to our operations people to relay to dispatch and maintenance control that we're having a problem. And uh, yeah, so we're dealing with all that. Again, in training, aviate, navigate, communicate. Fly the plane first. Fly the plane, make sure you're safe, make sure you're doing what you're supposed to do, and then deal with the rest of the stuff. So that's what we were doing. We were kind of flying the aircraft, and uh, we were being vectored by air traffic control around some really bad weather. All over the place to the right, all the way to the left, and all the way ahead of us. We're in a little hole at the moment about to go into some stuff. So we get told by air traffic control that... Uh, they've just sent a southwest aircraft through uh, a certain part of this weather and they said it was a smooth ride. I was like, let's go there. So all the while where I'm talking back and forth between dispatch and, and operations, I'm kind of telling air traffic control, hey, I'm going to do some deviations for weather. He's like, absolutely fine. So I'm giving the first officer deviations who's hand flying in bad weather as we're getting rocked around with a load of passengers behind us, lightning going off all over. I, I'm not afraid of flying. I'm not afraid of dealing with bad situations or things failing you you're trained to deal with it but it, it was just a horrible horrible first experience out there i eventually as we're about to get through the weather actually um get a call from operations who says maintenance control want you to return to orlando uh, we turned back around and uh, went back into orlando great landing from the first officer but you know we get onto the ground and i'm like okay the, the day's over we can go home we can reset and i'm kind of uh talking back and forth to scheduling who are saying, yeah, yeah, no, no, stay at the airport. They're going to try and fix the aircraft and we're going to see what we're going to do with you. <sighs> Roll it back to me being a CFI, making my own schedule, doing what I want to do and knowing when I'm going to go home and all of this to know this situation where I've just been through this bullshit with the aircraft to come back and hoping that I'm going to go home and to be told that, yeah, you're not going home. I remember getting off that aircraft as maintenance were, were uh, trying to fix the problems. I'm immediately thinking, is this what I want to do with my life? Do I want to be feeling like I'm in a prison because scheduling are going to do whatever they want to do with me? Am I going to be responsible for aircraft that uh, that need maintenance on them and stuff like that? Because it's it's all on me. It all, it all falls on me, the responsibility, which again, I'm not afraid of. But what I don't want to happen is for that to become the stress in my life and become my life, you know? So I was like, immediately had thoughts of like, do I actually want to do this? And I thought to myself, okay, this is one night, right? Let, let, let's, let's grow up a little bit, right? You've had one bad night, okay? Let's see what the, the scheduling are going to do with you and we'll figure it out and we'll deal with what's going to happen. So scheduling call me, they tell me, uh, by the way, this is now, uh, we're close to midnight. Um, and scheduling say, we're going to send you to Fort Lauderdale, empty. We got to move the aircraft down there. When you get to Fort Lauderdale, you're going to drive back to Orlando. Like, okay. I did 1.3 hours of flying down to Fort Lauderdale, Orlando to Lauderdale, to then drive back three hours. I was, I was falling asleep. First night, I didn't get home until 5.30 in the morning. That was the first day experience. But again, you know, grow up a little bit. Grow up, take it, move on to the next day. So that was that. And uh, yeah, that honestly, that kept happening. That, that happened a few times uh, to kind of fast forward to uh, another situation so just just to just to recap where we are at the moment i've not been able to continue my youtube channel basically and 
now I'm getting messed around and there's a load of stresses with, you know, aircraft and, and the and the schedule that I'm not enjoying at the moment. And some people may be looking at this and hearing this story and be like, well, yeah, that's the airlines. Well, exactly. that That is the airlines. What works for someone might not work for me in this isn't working for me but again in the back of my head i'm like continue because this is the dream blind to everything else going back to the minimum equipment list i i don't think airlines should be using minimum equipment lists to keep aircraft flying for extended periods of time unfortunately that's what was happening i think there was one day maybe two days where nothing went wrong every other day there was something to deal with uh, th- this kind of leads into the crescendo of everything because all these things are happening and i'm thinking to myself yeah th- this is this is not good i'm not enjoying myself but this is the dream but then there was a situation that arose a, a couple of times uh, and it was with the the new chief pilot my opinion as to how a chief pilot should operate is yes he has to deal with both sides both the pilots and the company but i feel like the chief pilot is there to support the pilots and I didn't feel like he was there to support the the pilots and especially me as a brand new captain learning my way. So there's one day where I go to operate out of Orlando. Uh, the aircraft was out on the ramp and uh, maintenance had to put another part on it or whatever. I sat in the crew room and was finally called at about, I think it was like 9.30 at night told me yeah you're not gonna go they sent me home so spent the day just sat at the airport doing nothing which again goes back to you know is is this it is this is this my life now am i at scheduling's beck and call when i could be out there helping people you know making videos instructing whatever i was told to go home and i was told i was on reserve the next day at 9 a.m in orlando i went home turned my phone off woke up in the morning uh, about 8.15 to an email from this new chief pilot saying that I need to call him immediately. Now, if you know anything about airline like pilot contract rules, you'll know that there are work rules that you need to abide by. You have no phone liability until your reserve time. So because my phone was in do not disturb, I had missed calls from uh, crew scheduling and an email from the chief pilot who told me to call him. So I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll give him a call, see, see what he wants. Bear in mind, this is before my reserve start time. So I call him and he starts berating me for not answering my phone. Shout me all you want, but I'm not in the wrong. So please don't speak to me like that. So I kind of corrected him. Yeah, he, he was not happy. So I said, yeah, no problem. No worries. I'll call crew scheduling. So I called crew scheduling before my reserve start time. And they basically messed me around the whole day. Needed me to go to Tampa and uh, pick up an aircraft and bring it back to Orlando. Just drive to Tampa, again, hour and a half, two hours of driving to then bring an aircraft back to Orlando just to, to move it. It was empty, repositioned flight. I get the the aircraft isn't ready. Turns out I was wasting my time for about six or seven hours after that. Still sat at Tampa airport in the crew room. Again, just like, this is a colossal waste of time. There are so many other things that I could be doing with my time that could be helping the aviation community, could be working with a student, could be working on my channel, and I'm just wasted here. Cut to about an hour before the flight leaves. I received a call from crew scheduling and said, yeah, you're not going to... Orlando anymore you're going to Fort Lauderdale and we're going to get you a rental car and you can drive back to Orlando here we go again not going to be home until again the early hours of the morning this is the airline world it's it's, some days are really nice 
Some days are just sh** like this, where you don't know what you're doing. You're getting extended, you're being delayed, whatever. The stuff that the chief pilot had done that morning, the stuff that crew scheduling had done uh, during the day and kind of wasted me around, which is not really their fault. Their job is a very difficult job to do. You know, they've got a lot of moving pieces uh, around to, to deal with and stuff. So it's not their fault, but they'd, waste, they'd mess me around. And I, I didn't appreciate any of it for, that had happened that day. And I, I, with the stuff that I've spoken about prior, and I was ready that day to, to kind of say, yeah, this is it. Anyway, flew it down to Fort Lauderdale, drove back to Orlando, back at the early hours in the morning. And then an, another situation happened on a subsequent day. I was uh, doing some long flights up to, out of Orlando actually, up to uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, and then over to Nashville. There was a problem with the aircraft. I was uncomfortable as pilot in command, as the person responsible for that flight. I was uncomfortable with the problem with that aircraft. And I verbalized that to my crew who agreed. I verbalized that to my dispatcher who completely agreed and uh, told me to call the chief pilot. And he just brushed past my concerns and immediately went to, yeah, no, we can get this flight out. We can do this. You have to do this, this and this to, to, to get it out. He called me unreasonable. That is a quote. And that will be the last time that I ever put myself in that situation, making a decision to go because somebody else thinks that, that, that they can make the decision for me. No, that, 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 was, that was terrible. Here's the main things. The main thing is I have no time to continue doing what I want to do. I'm unhappy. I'm being messed around by scheduling, delayed, extended, all this sort of stuff. All the stuff that comes with working for an airline. I have seen too many maintenance problems for me to be comfortable and I'm not being supported by the person that is there to support me. What other choice do I have? Sent the email to the chief pilot saying that I'm uh, resigning. And that was that. Money-wise, I'm now taking a pay cut because the, the money that you know I was making as a captain for like the month that I was doing it, it was good. It was good money. That with my YouTube stuff and sponsorships and all that, I was making some pretty good money. And, and I knew by letting that go, I was going to take a, a, a little bit of a pay cut. But I knew something that was more important was me being happy. Alini would tell me like, you know, I'm not myself. I'm not laughing. I'm not joking. I'm not having fun, you know, because I'm stressed about what's going to happen the next day, whether I'm going to come home because of scheduling or because of a bigger problem. Didn't want to live like that. Didn't want to live like that. Immediately as I kind of let that go and put in that resignation, I was myself again. I've been myself ever since, but I knew I was going to take a, a, a cut in pay, but my happiness was going to be back. And I was immediately starting planning for coming back. I was contacting people because I constantly get messages from people wanting to start flight training and stuff. And up to now, I've had to be denying everybody, everybody, which was annoying me because I wanted to help people. And I was immediately now at this point emailing people back and saying, yep, we can go. Let's uh, schedule discovery flights and all of this and I was getting back into the, the flight schedulers for the different general aviation aircraft that I fly and it was just I'm going back to my life before and it was just a massive relief and since I've been away from the airline I've been so much happier and I've been making more videos and stuff like that and I've just been having a blast having a blast helping students get to you know where they need to be helping them and then making videos at the same time to help people with my YouTube channel, because that's what it's become. It's a place of aviation entertainment to come and have fun. That's what I like to do. I like to show that aviation is fun and flight training can be fun. You can do it in a way that 
you're holding standards, but you're having fun at the same time. That is what I am all about. And I'm able to showcase that again. And I'm back home. I'm back doing what I think I was always really destined to do. And I didn't realize it. I didn't realize it. I thought my destination was being a captain and maybe going further in the airline. But it's a completely different world. And it's a separate world from the world that it turns out that I wanted to still be a part of. And I'm so pleased. I have my love back for aviation because I lost it for a while. I lost it. I lost my way. But I found it again. And I think that is a big thing and a good way to end this podcast. Because life, and this cliche, is way too short to be doing things that you're not happy with. We don't have enough time here for that. And for me... Airlines, while it's this big accomplishment to get there, and I'm proud of my accomplishments of getting there, it's not the be-all, end-all. So I'm really pleased. I'm great. Uh, I'm really grateful for you getting to this point in the podcast episode. And I've just realized that the camera's died. Cool. Well, no idea uh, when that camera died, but uh, yeah, this is going to be the end of the podcast episode. If you've enjoyed it, please leave it a like and uh, yeah, subscribe and, and follow. Make sure that you don't miss any other things from Ludix Aviation, so get yourself subscribed and yeah, thanks for watching. Thank you to Airport Tag for sponsoring this podcast episode. If you want to get yourself something from Airport Tag, use the link in my description and also use discount code Ludix to save 10%. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. I'll see you on the next one.